Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 46, featuring a review of the remake of the 1995 Stuart Gordon classic, Castle Freak. This film has just released this past week or so, and we are going to dive into it. Uh, I am one half of your hosting duo, JP, podcasting on this December 13th at 2 a.m. outside of uh, Southwest PA, and joining me tonight is Carly, who is also podcasting uh, just, well, inside Southwest PA, I guess. (laughs) What's up, Carly? I am in a bad mood. Why? Because I am tired, and we could have done this owl hairs ago, but here we are. Why didn't we do it our hairs ago? Because you wanted to watch Christmas Vacation and then watch your fights and then record when we could have recorded, got that out of the way, did all that other stuff, and I could be in bed asleep. But I'm True. not. Right. All right. So um, anything exciting go on this week? No. I don't know. Um, anything exciting go on this week? Not really. Um... Not really. I've started wrapping Christmas gifts and uh, done pretty well. I pretty much only have a few things left. Um, so I did that. And then... And then... That's pretty much it. I didn't really do anything this week. What about you? Um, You know, I worked. We had a little Christmas party at work. I went there for a little bit. Um, I went really late, so it was like just finishing when I got there, but it was cool. Um, and then also, what did I do? Um, I went Christmas shopping for my niece and nephew today with you. You came with me. Right. We did that. Yes. And then last night I recorded a like 10 hour 22 shots episode. Yeah, buddy. That's pretty insane. It's I'm like, I still feel like hungover from it. <laughs> are you are you going to cut it into two parts or just release it all? I don't know. We're, we're deciding that still. It's a, it's a huge episode. It was uh, our 200th episode. And it was funny because like we were already getting annoyed at each other at like five hours in. <laughs> and then we recorded another five hours. Yeah. That was a bad idea. I was having so much fun at the beginning. Like Jeremy and Dave were like worried. And I was like, this is so fun though. I'm like having a blast. And then like two hours later, I was like eating my words. Right, right. So Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it was it was rough. Hopefully it still turned out to be a pretty decent episode, but um yeah, it was uh it was a lot of fun. Two hundred episodes. Congrats. Isn't it weird that we're almost one fourth of that on this show? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's yeah. I was thinking that the other day. Like we're almost a fitty. Right. That's crazy. It's yeah. nuts. In just one year. Um, I got my Dawn of the Dead box set in, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. I saw you made a vid. I did make a video of it. And uh it was funny because I dropped the whole set, put a little clip <laughs> of it at the end. Right. But it's like, I could have put the longer clip, but it was just like me annoyed as hell looking <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. off camera kind of. 
it's funny because when the, it all of it fell, I had a scale on the floor, like leaned up against the wall and something hit it. And it's one of those ones that talk to you. And it's like, please step on the scale. And I was like, ah. <laughs> that's extra annoying. Yeah. Like you're ruining my video. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll kind of make this one a briefer episode since we're both kind of getting a little tired and uh, we will um, start with some what we watched. It's my blind spot this week, so I believe you go first. All right. Did Unfortunately, watch I watched kind. Of, I've watched more than I've watched like the past two episodes, but that's because we've had a longer break in between. Buddy, no. Um, I know. I know, buddy. I know. Um. All right. So. First up, we have a movie that uh, just came to Netflix, I think, recently, and that was Don't Listen, um, a.k.a. I think it's Voices. Uh, it's a Spanish film, I believe. Um, is it, it in is Spanish? Dubbed. It's dubbed in English. Netflix really does that a lot. Yeah, which I think that kind of, like, that that was, like, really distracting to me with that, so that was kind of annoying, but... Um, but this movie wasn't too bad. It's a 2020 film, of course. So as per my, oh my god, I have to watch all these 2020 movies. The time is running out. Uh, um, but it was decent. I know Watson liked this one quite a bit. Uh, it's kind of about, you got this kid. Uh, you have this family. They just move into this new house, I believe. And uh, their son is scared. Uh, he keeps like waking up all scared and stuff. And they think he's having bad dreams. But they don't really know what's wrong with him. And then... Uh, one thing leads to the other and uh, something happens to the sun and then you have like these paranormal investigator guy come in and he's like trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Um, I thought it was cool. Uh, I, you know, I think Watson and a few other people were really high on it. Um, I didn't like it as much as them, but I, I did think it was an interesting story. It had a few really creepy moments, but... Um, feels a little more there's a lot of like drama to it as well so um i could see it appealing to other people more so than myself but i gave that one like a seven out of ten and then after that another 2020 movie that is on shutter and shutter and it is anything for jackson um this movie is about uh this older couple who um basically lost their grandson jackson and they're really upset and grieving and taking it hard. So they kidnap this pregnant woman and essentially do this sort of reverse exorcism thing on her. And it's an attempt to bring their son back. Uh, yeah, this movie was pretty fantastic. Uh, it's uh, super creepy, super unsettling. Uh, there's just a lot of those moments in it that are like, jump scares in a way that's just like they're putting something disturbing right in front of your face and you're not expecting it um and it utilizes it really well the main the you know husband and wife in the film i thought were really interesting uh actors just their dialogue and stuff like that was really cool and uh yeah, this one is great. I definitely recommend it. I think it's uh, for sure a contender for, you know, anyone's top 10. I gave this a 9 out of 10. And then after that, I watched another Netflix movie called The Binding. Um, another 2020 movie. And honestly, I wasn't expecting this one to really be that great. I just kind of threw it on uh, because... Uh, the other night I just wasn't in the mood to pay attention to anything that I thought could be super good. So I put this on and um, 
it was okay. It was another like sort of ghost film. Um, honestly, I'm kind of like going blank on what it was even really about, but it was, I think it was a family goes back to visit the husband's family and uh, some spooky stuff starts to happen. Um, I got kind of bored with it after a while and thought it was rather bland. So I gave that one just like a four out of 10. Uh, definitely kind of like a skip. Then after that, as per my Survive 05, I watched Haunting Sarah. Um, and funny enough, I this was on a DVD set from Dollar Tree uh, with a few other like, you know, spooky sounding movies. It was like a five pack. And uh, I had actually seen this movie before when I was younger and uh, only realized it on this watch. And it was kind of um, one of those freaky things where it's like, every scene I'm like wow I've definitely seen this before and I it's been lost in my mind for all this time and now it's all coming back but um it's actually a Hallmark movie and it feels like a Hallmark movie but it's kind of weird because it's a Hallmark like thrillers kind of horror movie um definitely feels very TV movie though you know you're not really seeing anything it's about this uh, girl who gets haunted by her dead cousin and uh, you have these twins who was played by the same actress um and uh one twin is kind of like you know talking to sarah wanting to try to you know get her son back because she sees that she hears from him and stuff like that and then the other twins like jealous because that's her daughter and she's like stop um it was all right you know it, it feels very hallmark movie-esque but it was actually decent it's very easy to watch i gave that like a six and a half <clears throat> then after that um Watched Spiral from 2019 on Shudder. Uh, you know, just came out, so it counts for 2020. Um, this one was about this couple. It's a homosexual couple, a, two dads and uh, a daughter. They move to this new area, and um, while they're there, uh, some of the neighbors are just kind of acting a little bit strange. And uh, the, you know, new husband, I th think they're husbands uh, I don't think their boyfriends are actually married um you see that the one who like married into the family has like a troubled past and stuff like that and he's very paranoid of people and thinks like everyone's out to you know get the gay community and stuff like that and just this town is acting really weird so um some you know stuff starts to happen it's very much like get out in a way where uh, it's people who just feel uncomfortable with their surroundings. They feel like everyone kind of doesn't want them there and stuff like that. So I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool concept with um, the gay couple, but um, like I thought it was cool that they actually utilized that and made that kind of the plot of a film, but uh, kind of loses steam after a while. Uh, kind of once again gets into that generic sort of category where you kind of know everything that's going to happen. So uh, for that, I only gave it to like a... Um, I think I gave this either a six and a half or a seven. I can't remember. Um, all right. So then after that, I checked out Castle Freak with Joe Bob from 1995 because I had never seen the move before. And well, we're doing the remake here and I did not want to be a Fakerton. So uh, I tried to watch this one night on Joe Bob uh, back when, you know, Joe Bob first aired and I actually fell asleep. And I was sad because it seemed pretty cool. Um, literally caught up probably to, you know, the part where 
the guy is dreaming about the car accident and that was about it. I fell asleep. So watched it um, with Joe Bob. So it was like two hours, but uh, it was fun time. Uh, watched it while wrapping my Christmas gifts. And uh, yeah, this I thought this was a pretty cool movie. Uh, it's got some really good like gore effects and stuff like that in it. They're gross out. Um, and I really like the look of the castle freak. I think he's pretty freaking scary especially at the end um and i like the story i like the concept of the dad uh you know killing the son and blinding the daughter and then there's like tension and stuff there as there should be um so i liked all that stuff it was a i just thought it was a pretty neat uh concept for a film and i actually watched this one after i watched the remake instead of the other way around because well that is how i do uh but um, overall, I thought it was pretty good. I gave it a 7 out of 10. And then after that, I watched Open 24 Hours 2018, which just came out in 2020. And this was actually on Tubi for free. And uh, this one I actually almost watched instead of 12 Hour Shift when we were going to do that movie. And I realized, luckily, right at the start that it was the wrong movie. But again, I was watching it and I thought, wow, this looks cool. I would like to watch this. So... I went back and watched it, and I enjoyed this one as well. I kind of agree with you on the stuff that you had brought up uh, before, where you don't really like the visions and things that she's kind of having, but... Yeah, it's like the psychosis <laughs> angle. Yeah, it's very... It's just, like, unrealistic. It's just too much to me, but... I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it more disturbing, but I, I just think you could kind of do without... I do love the setting. Uh, I love the night shift setting and I love how you know she has some interactions with different people and then her co-workers um and this one gets you know rather bloody as well uh it's kind of a slasher in a way and I think it's uh pretty well done for the most part um I gave that gave that a seven as well it's a just a fun movie then after that I watched The Swerve um this is one that I'd actually wanted to watch for a while, ever since I remember Jeremy talking about this on 22 Shots, uh, because he saw it at that, what, Cinepop, Cinemapop, Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes, buddy. And he, I remember him talking about it, and, like, just the way it sounded, sounded right up my alley, and I always kind of had it in the back of my head, and then I saw people posting about it now, and I'm like, oh, man, that's that move that, um, you know, he was talking about, so checked it out uh it's basically about a depressed woman's life sort of unraveling and uh things just kind of spiraling out of control that's pretty much the entire film uh it's very much like centered around her um and i thought it was great uh it's definitely more of a psychological drama in a way than horror but there are a few horrific moments there are a few disturbing moments and it has like a very sort of eerie tone throughout uh like there's just um that sort of ominous music playing and uh this sense of dread that i think i shall count it for the year as you know horror um but it's definitely on the brink i could see why some people would not count it but this one really just appealed to me uh it's a very downer film throughout the entire thing, but I really, really dug it. I watched this, like, at 2 a.m. last night, actually. Um, 
before I went to bed, I gave this a nine out of ten. Then after that, uh, wait a minute, say, you're what? mad. You're mad about us recording at two a.m., but you can watch moves at two a.m. Buddy, well, it wasn't really two a.m. Okay, I think I finished the move by 2 a.m. And uh, also, buddy, I don't have to talk on a podcast, so I could just lay in bed. I did. I took your advice. You always say, oh, just fall, take a nizzle while a move is playing. But instead, I watched the entire move. <clears throat> nice. So, yeah. Then after that, um, and this is the last one. It's uh, as per Survive My 05. And also, just because we're supposed to do it on... Movie versus movie is Santa Slay from 2005. Now, I already watched this one, <clears throat> you know, in October, which JP frowns upon, but <laughs> I did. And watching it this time again, uh, it's a really fun movie. I mean, the first time, you know, two months ago when I saw it, at first I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be very goofy. Uh, the opening just uh, sets the tone for it. And uh, I wasn't as on board for it, but this time around, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, very easy film to watch, a very fun ride. You know, killer Santa movie. Uh, Santa Claus is just pissed and destroying everyone's day. And I think it's just a blast. Uh, definitely one that I'll continue to check out probably around Christmas time every year because it does have a very good Christmas vibe as well. I gave that a seven and a half out of ten. So that is all my movies. All right. So, uh, going into mine, do you remember the last title that I talked about? As per your request, your title was Dial Code for Santa, aka Deadly Games, and The Children and Haunted Ween were your last three. Okay. So then I watched The Mask of Red Death, 1964. This was a Patreon watch for 22 shots. Uh, this is one of the like seven or eight um, Poe Corman films. So Roger Corman directed a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe inspired films in the 60s. And uh, I believe this was the second to last one that he did and probably one of the better ones. Uh, it essentially follows a town that is stricken by a plague, the Red Death. Um, but you know, it's sort of like the black death and Vincent price is like a, I don't know what the word would be, but he's like kind of like a King like character in the town. He lives in like a castle and stuff. And he's like, has a bunch of servants and, and people around him and stuff. And he's just like a complete ass. Like he, he basically takes this girl and her father and her husband captive and he is trying to like seduce her and make his uh the woman's father and and husband like fight to the death and stuff and he uh orders the village to be burned down and stuff like that he's just like a complete prick in this movie and he does a really good job he steals the show in fact usually when he's with any other actor on screen they just come off super bland because vincent price is so good but uh, I didn't really realize this, but there's a lot of like symbolism and stuff going on in this movie that Moods kind of pointed out and he made me like it a little bit more. So I upped my rating to a 7 from a 6.5. But it's very atmospheric and cool. Nice. Very nice. Um, then I watched Nightbreed, the director's cut. I actually wanted to watch the theatrical cut because I've never seen Nightbreed, period. But 
the theatrical cut was unavailable streaming. I do own it on disc, but I was trying to watch it streaming. So Prime had the director's cut and like Tubi had the director's cut. Uh, maybe even Shudder. But uh, this movie is about a dude um, who is having visions and nightmares and stuff like that. And his psychiatrist is a uh, played by David Cronenberg and he is a serial killer uh, named Decker and he kind of convinces our lead that he's actually the one doing the killings and stuff like that and then this lead kind of finds out about this place he's been dreaming about um, called like Median, Median, Maidan, something like that and uh, it's like a town and then it's in a cemetery and then under the cemetery is basically monsters like monsters live under there it's uh pretty cool i really like the special effects work in it it in the this the killer decker is really neat um i have a few issues with the plot a little bit um like just it, it's it's a little far-fetched at times but i guess monsters living underground are too and then I feel like by the end of it, it kind of overstayed its welcome with the director's cut, at least. I don't know what the real cut's like, the theatrical cut's like, but it's like, it turns into almost like an action film. But I still thought it was a really good movie. I just had, I didn't, it didn't blow me away. I gave it a seven and a half out of 10. Do you like Nightbreed? Um, not really. I mean, <laughs> I, like I tried to watch it, uh, for when we did the body bags podcast uh it was i think the week on body bags channel was like 19 movies from the 90s and i happened to have it because jerry actually sent me nightbreed hooked me up with it i know that's one of his favorite films so sorry to jerry but um it, it it took me a while to get into it uh there were aspects that i liked um but it just wasn't it was a little too monstery for me and like fantasy see i would have liked S, more monsters see i like the killer guy but like i didn't yeah the, the killer monster. was really cool david cronenberg's crazy. yeah it was like it was creepy i liked it um and then uh for the, uh, this film was released in 2018 but wide release in 2020 uh, i really need to get on these 2020 films i've been slacking like so much um we have open 24 hours which you also watched um, about a chick who is a felon. She gets a job at a gas station as a clerk and she's on the night shift. Um, she has drama with her, uh, ex-boyfriend, uh, and a, tr like, um, backstory that you slowly told. And, uh, yeah, I, I, she, she has these psychosis problems too, where she feels like she's losing her mind. She's seeing visions and stuff. That was the one aspect that I didn't really like. It does work in like a couple scenes where they really like utilize it great. But to me, it just kind of makes it feel like it's cheating the viewer a little bit because it's like, it's, it's like you can do anything because you can just be like, oh, it was a dream, you know? So it's like kind of just feels a little cheap at times. It's like a cheap way to get like shocking or intense stuff on screen but then you feel cheated because it wasn't real right i forgot to, i i i was thinking you already reviewed this move on the pod so sorry that i stole your thunder earlier and said i agree with you on those aspects it no, is like fine. i read your mind but you actually <laughs> you told me about the move right anyway yes proceed um, 
but yeah i thought it was pretty solid i like the overnight <clears throat> setting and just yeah. seeing her seeing her interact with different people is like the funnest part like mm-hmm. i actually like the guy that keeps coming back the like co-worker and he eats that gross pig tongue Ew! yeah i know oh that was gross um and i thought there was some pretty good acting in this too like the lead was pretty good mm-hmm. but i, I gave it a seven out of ten uh, then I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night as part of Christmas films that I'm trying to, you know, watch every once in a while. Oh. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night is one of my favorite Christmas horror movies. It's a Christmas slasher. Basically, this kid snaps and dresses up as Santa and goes and says naughty a bunch and kills people. Kills her very <laughs> quickly by stabbing her through uh, antlers, which is a pretty cool kill. Um, the Blu-ray actually has the uncut version, and that is definitely the version to watch. It's awesome. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I love the opening to that, too. Um, when, yeah. when, his da- when his grandfather starts freaking on him. Christmas is the scariest damn time of the year. Christmas is the scariest damn time of the year. You see Santa Claus, boy, you better run. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Um yeah. And then uh, Black Christmas 1974. I watched this as part of Joe Bob's marathon last year, which I missed because I was recording 22 shots, just like I missed Friday's episode because I was recording 22 shots. Um, But this was a really awesome uh, breakdown of the film from Joe Bob. He touched on like everything that you kind of know about that one, Mm -hmm. you know, about like how the, um, you know, Bob Clark kind of he he says that bob clark's the one that created the rumor that halloween was uh john carpenter's halloween <laughs> was basically a stolen sequel from bob clark's film in <clears throat> mm-hmm. that or from bob clark's idea because bob clark apparently told john carpenter that if he made a sequel he would have it uh, the billy break out of a sane asylum and um it would be set on halloween <laughs> and it would be yeah. babysitters or something um talks about how this film was supposed to air on like cbs is the movie of the week but it was the same like week or two weeks before like a week before or something ted bundy uh broke into that sorority and killed those two girls so they were like "Uh, i don't know about that yeah um which was interesting and then he told a couple of really sad stories about the movie that you looked up afterwards but Black Christmas is a great, fun, atmospheric movie. Uh, the killer is really cool. Um, Joe Bob actually like kind of beat up the ending a little bit. You know what I was thinking, though? Is what? this and Friday the 13th have a very com- similar ending in terms of, like, it's sort of a whodunit, but it, it's just, like, nobody, you know? Like, they don't set up... They set up red herrings and you couldn't have figured it out. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> um, but yeah, the uh, Olivia Hussey's awesome, good cast, fun movie. Sometimes it gets mm-hmm. bo- sometimes it used to get boring for me, like. But this time I was like really kind of into it, like even all the conversations and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, the Ooh, Dawn of the Dead. The Argento mm-hmm. Cut, 1979, 78, yeah, 78 or 79. Uh, but the Arge- I watched the 4K. I will say, I've been, I'll be honest, the Argento Cut was super grainy 
in the 4k like it still looks great way better than my dvds but it was really grainy at times not all the scenes scenes early on were especially grainy um, but I did pop in briefly the other versions just to see, and they looked a, they looked a good bit better. They looked, mm-hmm. um, you know, closer to what you would want. But yeah, so but still, I mean, to ha- finally have that. I mean, it's a six disc set or, or seven disc set. I think there's three CDs, and there's four or three 4Ks, and then one Blu-ray. It has the theatrical cut, the extended cut. In the Argento cut. So Argento actually did his own cut of Dawn of the Dead in Italy and released it. It, I would say like the main differences are like music and tonally it's just a little bit darker. Um, but then there's like weird stuff where he took out like the helicopter kill, which is one of the best. So it's kind of weird. Like I, if you could combine both cuts, it would be better, which I know people have done called like the mall cut or something which is like every scene that's known (laughs) um but yeah it's a pretty good pretty good movie um yeah i love dawn of the dead i mean it's it's grown on me tremendously i used to think it was a little overrated but i give it a 10 it's a fantastic film yeah um and then we watched christmas vacation oh yes we did and uh, that movie is about a family who is trying to celebrate Christmas vacation. Um, the Griswolds and Chevy Chase is the father and everything just keeps going bad. What did you think of it since it was a first time watch for you? First of all, they don't even go on a vacation. It's a Christmas vacation, buddy. No, buddy. When you're I... in school and it's you get that two-week break... What do they call that? A vacation from school. A Christmas vacation. But buddy, it's not about the kids. It's about the stupid father. But anyway. Christmas vacation. Anyway, I thought it... See, buddy, I avoided this film. I avoided all these, um... Vacate, like, National Lampoon vacation films throughout my life because I did not see them. When I was young, and it's one of those things where I always felt... I was talking to my friend Kaylee about this, and I think she said the same thing, where she never wants to watch it because she always thought, like, it's not going to connect with her. And I kind of felt the same way. Like, I feel like it wasn't going to be funny, and I wasn't going to be that into it. And I'm not going to lie... I, what was that? That's me growling. I'm not going to lie. Um, I did not like it as much as I would have hoped to. But it did have some funnies, good funnies. It had some quality funnies, I'm not going to lie. But, like, to me, I feel like it's one of those ones that people are like, oh, you can't go one Christmas without... It's kind of like a Christmas story to a lot of people, I've noticed. Uh-huh. And for me, I just don't see it ever being that way. Which I feel bad, because I know it is a classic. Um, there was one part that was, like, really funny and laugh-out-loud funny, and I kept looking at you, and you were just, like, stone-faced, miserable, so it I don't know. that funny. It was so funny. Like, that dog just, like, threw the garbage everywhere, and it's, like, not its house. Like, it's not. <laughs> um, but, no, there was, a, like, I like the part with the tree. I, I like the beginning where they forget the saw, and then the tree just has all the stuff, all the roots and stuff in it still on the back of their whip. And I like when they put the tree up, and it breaks the wind. And, uh, you know, there are some funny moments. 
But then some of it was just a little over the top for me, I think, too. Well, it's a comedy, buddy. I know, but it's like a over the top. Don't comedy. you love Harold and Kumar? Yeah, but they're like stoner idiots. Like it's not like a family. All right, whatever. Um, no, I, I love this film. It's one of my favorite Christmas films for sure. Um, I actually do like uh, Vacation better, but this one is great too. I've only seen Vacation and this one. Well, buddy, I have seen this one and the new Vacation. I've never seen that. I don't think that counts in the series. It does. It literally um, does. It's about the... Fa- it, it has Chevy Chase in it at the end. Like, it ca- it's continuity. Um, what is the other one? European Vacation? And then there's... I thought there was a fourth one. I have no idea. Probably. Um, yeah. Wasn't Johnny... Wasn't Johnny... Or was Gale- Vegas or something. Wasn't Johnny Galecki one of the kids, like, once in one of them? I think it's the first... The regular one. Do you know who that is? Um, I can't remember. Um, no, I don't. Roseanne know. from Roseanne, like the boyfriend and Rose David and Roseanne. Oh, really? Yeah, Johnny Go- and Big Bang Theory and uh, I know what you did last summer is the Max, that guy. But yeah, so yeah, yeah there's <clears throat> National Lampoon's Vacation, National Lampoon's European Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Vegas Vacation vacation from 2015 and then there, there it is there is this spinoff the national lampoon's christmas vacation 2 which sucked so is that like about the cousin yeah because okay. i think it's called cousin eddie's <laughs> island adventure dude that sounds so horrible yeah i think he goes to hawaii or something Ew. see he took a real vacation though i give him right. credit <laughs> right the movie the title makes sense anyway yeah <clears throat> So I give it a 8.5 out of 10. Um, I mean, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Still a good move. <clears throat> Just not like it doesn't have that classic nostalgic feel to it for me because I never really watched it. All right. Well, <clears throat> you have a blind spot, buddy. Oh, yeah. Blind spot. Um, My blind spot is Monty Python. And, and the Holy Grail, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, it's a British comedy set in like I don't know, like the medieval times, mm. AD nine thirty two. King Arthur is um, basically looking for the Holy Grail, and he gets people involved and they go it's just like it's like almost like sketch sketches different sketches um involving this medieval time um i watched it earlier in the week so it is a a little loose in my memory so i'm not gonna be able to quote it very well but um it's really funny because i think it's the type of humor right like there's one scene where this he fights a knight and like he cuts off the dude's arm and he's like he's like so i win and he's like, what? No, you didn't. And he's like, uh, yes, <laughs> you cannot continue. And he's like, nonsense. He's like, let's go or something. And they start fighting again. And, and he cuts off his other arm. And then the dude's like, he's like, let me at him. Let me at him. You know? And he's like, uh, the duel is over. And he's like, what? No, it isn't. And he's like, you have no arms. And he's like, what? Yes, I do. <laughs> 
and it's really funny. He cuts off his legs and stuff, and then he's just <laughs> like a torso sitting there. And it's like gory, so it's really funny. Yeah. And then there's like another really funny part where he's like, um, uh, what does he say? He's like, oh, he tells him, he tells the guards to wait there. The, this kid's like trapped from his father. And he's like, he's like, all right, you guard him and don't let him out of your sight until I come back or something. And they're like, okay. And he's like, we won't let him out of our sight unless you or anybody else comes back. And he's like, no, 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 no. I said, unless I come back, just I. And he's like, okay. He's like, got it. And he's like, yeah, let him out of our sight. And it's like, no, don't let him out of your sight. Um, it's just like, it goes, and it goes on really long. So it's super funny. Um, the part at the end is really funny. I mean, honestly, it's just a very funny movie. I did not expect to think that it was so, was going to be really funny, but it was. Yeah, I, I am. I really liked it. I am astounded that you enjoyed it because I didn't know. I thought you might have not liked it. And honestly, I haven't seen any of those movies since high school, probably. Which back then, I thought like I was going to think they were really stupid. Uh, Life of Brian's really good too, but uh, I was. They're just like laugh out loud, funny, um, ridiculous. I watched it. I think I watched this one like as a triple feature at my friend's house because we used to have like movie night gatherings and uh, I think it was like this that Kung Pao Enter the Fist movie. Mm-hmm. That's a cool and one. and the room. So yeah, I like yeah, Kung was, Pao. Yeah, that one. That one's I remember being hilarious as well. But so it's a good time. I'm glad. I'm glad that you like this. Uh, sometimes you have a sense of humor, and I'm proud. Right. And I give it an 8.5 out of 10. It is great. Nice. Nice. Good. All right. So next week, we're actually both going to do blind spots because uh, pretty much running out of time for them. <laughs> and then I want to make sure that I squeeze in the Christmas one. So I assume that this will be Chris- the Christmas one for me. But I'll try. We'll, we'll pull the thing. I might have to use my skip. All right. So first, let's do yours. Okay. Okay. And let's see here. <laughs> Number one. Reservoir Dogs. Three. Hardball. Five. Speed. Two. Don't tell mom the babysitter died. Fourteen. Platoon. Uh, fuck. Seven. <laughs> Clerks. Six. The never-ending story. Nice. Oh. How many do you have left? Just two. After that, after a never-ending story, there's two more. So you well, would have this and one more then. Yeah. Because we only so plan on doing get... thirteen. Right. Um, <clears throat> okay, that's good. Yes. All right, and for me, I, I, let's do this a little simpler. How many do I have left? Uh, you have, let's see. Like one, total, total. Hold on. One. Two. Three. Three. Okay, so I'm going to go one to three then. <laughs> yeah. Three. Wait. Wait, so what? which ones? You just count them from the top down. Okay. Um. So three would be be blood simple buddy okay i'm using my skip on that because i didn't want to do that one anyway i know all right so two 
That would be Polar Express. Oh, it worked out perfect. Nice. All right, cool. So Polar Express. And then I'll just have what left? Uh, The taxi driver. And then you'll have either... Dangerous Minds or No Country for Old Men. Okay. All right, so let's get into our featured review here. Uh, it is Castle Freak 2020. I for- they announced this film forever ago, but it really I, it just like dropped out of nowhere. Like the trailer came out, and then like a week later, it was out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. Um, so Castle Freak 2020 was directed by Tate Steinzik. Yes. And wow. He was on the first season of Face Off. Oh. Interesting. Oh my god, I remember this dude. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's crazy. I did you watch Face Off? Um, not not really. I mean I, I've seen probably a few episodes, but not enough to be like, yeah, I know that dude. I, I watched the first couple seasons. I really, really liked it, but that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that he was the one that directed this. Yeah, he actually made it to the finals on Face Off. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, he, <clears throat> he's he's worked on tons of movies from like The Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. as a special effects guy to Puppet mm. Master the Littlest Reich. Um, and then, yeah. Um, so director-wise, he has done pretty much a couple of shorts and then pretty much this so castle freak if you have a plot synopsis ready right um shut up train okay after she's permanently blinded in a tragic car accident rebecca receives some bizarre news her long-lost mother has recently passed away leaving her their family's ancestral castle in rural albania Traveling to the estate with a group of friends, Rebecca hopes it will be an opportunity for her to reconnect with a past she never knew and a mother who seemingly left her behind. (gasps) When mysterious events begin to occur and her friends begin to die, Rebecca must unravel the secrets of the family's history before she too falls prey to the castle freak. So that's the entire move right there. Um, But yeah, they essentially take the core concept of the 1995 move where you have this blind girl Rebecca she gets blinded in a car accident and then she gets a castle but it's not like the same thing you know in the original it's um you know a dad is kind of the center focus and his daughter is blinded and his whole family I think what gets the castle from his like aunt or something like that and so I think that's kind of interesting right off the bat is how they I like these types of remakes where it's not, you know, a shot-for-shot remake, but at the same time, it's not, like, completely doing its own thing. It's kind of taking the same idea and just Mm -hmm. changing it up a little bit. So I do like that. And, of course, um, Castle Freak was Mm -hmm. based on an H.P. Lovecraft story called The Outsider. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's Mm -hmm. apparently it's a pretty loose adaptation. Now, the thing that I will say that I right away about this movie like when it started i was like oh no like i was like not with it at all Mm -hmm. it was uh the acting was really bad like more bad than i expected it to be even for low budget 
Mm-hmm. And then the um the characters were just like unlikable, especially the the lead husband or boyfriend, <laughs> whatever he is. I mean, he's yeah. a total douchebag. Like one of the worst of the year for sure. But he's supposed to be, so it makes sense. But I almost feel like it's overblown to where I'm like, this woman would never even be with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a super fake douchebag too. Like he wants to sell this place out from under. She wants to spend time there to learn about her past because she finds out she was adopted and wants to find out about her birth mother. She believes that there's somebody in the walls of the castle, which of course we know there is. There's the castle freak. Right. Um, and then there's like this whole section where everybody like their friends come over to like do drugs and drink and stuff. And like, it just doesn't make sense to me because this girl had a huge tragedy. She lost her vision to due to like drunk driving pretty much, you know what I mean? And and partying Mm -hmm. and stuff like, I doubt she's going to be one around that stuff at all, (laughs) you know? Well, yeah, she. I think she says, like, oh, I don't want you bringing them around because they'll be doing all this stuffs. And then he's like, no, I swear they won't do the stuffs. And then he brings them around and they immediately start doing all the stuff. So I think right. it's like they're all just very toxic and horrible. And Yeah, but it, it almost felt like fake, like not re- re- in reality, yeah. which <clears throat> honestly, like all that stuff is like my least favorite part of the movie. And it really was dragging it down. But then there's one scene in this movie that completely like got me so into it after that. And it's a scene where um, there is a man and a woman uh, about to be having sex. And the man is handcuffed to the bed and the castle freak shows up. And I was just like, yo, that is crazy. <laughs> like, I didn't expect that at all there was like a nice moment there where I just, it was like a, like different from the original and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that is so cool. And then the entire third act I thought was really bonkers and really just reveled in HP Lovecraft. And I thought that was really dope. Mm-hmm. So it completely saved the movie for me. I mean, I probably liked it more than most humans out there. It seems like moods hated it. I know you're not the biggest fan. I mean, you didn't really talk about it yet, but, um, And most people aren't too high on it, but uh, I really like it. I don't think it's better than the original because the original is creepy and scary and stuff like that. I think this one has a good castle setting. Uh, They utilize it pretty well. It's shot pretty decently. Uh, The score by Fabio Fritzi is pretty decent. Um, Almost feels like Italian in a way. Um, The film, not just the score. Um, But... Of course, um, Fabio Frizzi did like tons of Italian films like Zombie 2 and City of the Living Dead and stuff. So, yeah. So what do you think? Um, yeah, I definitely didn't like it as much as you, but at the same time, you know, it's not like it's the worst thing I've seen all year. I think it's definitely passable of a movie. I really just... Like, there's not... None of the characters are likable. Um, I mean, a lot of people are complaining about the acting. It's not the worst acting I've ever seen. It's just very... Feels very unrealistic at times. Um, with the girl, there's a few, like, emotional moments and stuff like that. It's just, like, not believable at all. It feels very staged and uh, just bad. Um, 
the whole I mean the boyfriend is like the biggest douche in the world like every single thing he does in this movie is douchey and it just like maxes out by the end um but and I don't believe that first of all buddy if you ever accidentally blind me I shall never talk to you again okay not my fault what? No, buddy. It's just I, I just think it's funny. Like this and the original is just like, oh, why can't you just forgive me? And it's like the original, like he killed their little boy and blinded their daughter. And then in this one, it's like, yeah, and it wasn't blinded. like just an accident. It's like you were drinking and driving, bro. Yeah, aggressively. But oh, and in this movie, I thought the wreck, like the drinking and driving moment was super lame. Uh, I know you said you didn't really you couldn't remember it that much, but it was like very it seemed like they wouldn't even have gotten hurt. It just lo- it looked like in, uh, you know, Christmas Vacation, where they just drive off the road into the tree place, and it's like, everything's fine. That's kind of what it was like. But I did, I mean, the Castle Freak, I thought, looked decent, and I thought it had some decent gore moments, bloody, you know, cringe-type moments like that. So I thought that was cool. Uh, but overall, just... The characters, the whole thing with the girlfriend and the boyfriend, uh, the fact that I didn't like any of them and the stuff they were doing was stupid where they're all just hanging out and drinking and doing drugs and stuff like that. It made a very unappealing movie. Um, It made the movie feel like it dragged on forever, like there wasn't much going on. And, you know, the original was nothing like fantastic either, but that one has enough to keep me interested. This one just got kind of boring for me at times. Um... I agree, the ending is cool with the off-the-wall stuff, and I do agree that one scene you're talking about is uh, rather grotesque and um, surprising, so that was good. But for me, it's not enough really to elevate it that much because I just did not care for the characters too much, and it was just a very forgettable type of move, so... All right. Um, Of course, it was produced by Barbara Crampton, Charles Band... um... Barbara Crampton, of course, starred in the original, which is pretty cool. And I think at the end of the day, like the big negative for me with this one was how long it was. Hour and six minutes is just too long for this film. But I I really did like the final act. Like it it kind of impressed me. Mm -hmm. So I I, I, that's mainly where I'm coming in with this rating. Um, Do we have letterbox reviews? Um, yeah, there's one here. It's a three star and it's like giving it credit it says i appreciate oh it's by let's see it's by tori i shall do this it is by tori and her favorite moves are trick or treats the the good one from 2007 a nightmare on elm street the original beetlejuice and reanimator so she is a good horror fan um but she said i appreciate how many how many new concepts were brought into this reboot while still retaining ones from the original to mix them into something new enough to make remaking it worthwhile while still having the connective tissue to the original. I liked a lot of what this one had to offer and while I have nitpicky issues with things like the like the only POC being assholes and fodder to be killed. It's also hard to say the original is any better in that regard, etc. I don't know what I just said. Overall, I enjoyed it a lot, and that tease at the end has me curious. Um, that was a review. And then, let's see. Let us see. Alright, this guy gave it two stars. It says, 
absolutely nuts. Not sure I've seen a move with such bad acting. The professor specifically was the worst line delivery of any actor I've ever seen. But I man, actually didn't mind the professor that much, but Mood said the same thing. What? You know. <laughs> but yeah, but man, what a wild second stab at the 1995 classic question mark. It goes places exclamation point. It does. I saw Oh, and this guy, his favorite move... Oh, he doesn't have favorite moves on his thing. Okay, fuck you. Uh, Seostelic was his name. Gotcha, gotcha. Alright, so um, let's rate this bad boy. Uh, I'm coming in at a 7 out of 10. I shall hit it with just an average 5 out of 10. Oof. Yeah. I knew I was like really high on this one compared to everybody else, but yeah. Alright, so next week, um, we're probably going to try to do this film. It's out now. It's available to rent. It's the only film I know of that's a Christmas film out right now that's new. It's called Death Sember. Right? Oh, and we were supposed to do Alone this week, but I wanted to do Castle Freak. Right. Selfish. Um, yeah, so Death Sember is a collection of 24 films that take a look at the dark side of the festive season 24 international directors with the most diverse ideas and styles linked by short animation segments that deal with the event calendar itself and it is directed by a ton of people um including which is just nuts i didn't expect to see some of these names um rogerio diodato directed a segment and um lucky mckee as well there's a, there's a ton more directors but i'm we might have to take freaking notes during this one to remember which segments which oh, but no. um we might do that if there's another christmas film that i could find then we'll do that instead because this thing is beefy this film is i think around two hours and 30 minutes no so we shall see um, alright we'll see you guys next week with another one peace out thank you for listening bye